Hello, everybody. This is Mark Bird coming back at you on another episode of Time to Revive. And with me on the line today, joining me remotely, a dear brother, pastor, friend, longtime mentor, Pastor Neil Whitney from Lima, Ohio. Neil, welcome to the program today. That's a real privilege to be here. Thank you. And you guys hear me all the time. I say it almost all the time like a broken record, but I'm really super excited to delve into this episode today because it's, as you know, one of my favorite topics. Not only have we spent a lot of weeks in the evangelism series and and we called it lifestyle evangelism, but now today we've morphed over into discipleship. We've been talking about that for a few weeks, but now uh, more specifically with Pastor Neil, because honestly, folks, Those of you tuning in, uh, maybe you're hearing it for the first time, or maybe you've been listening. Pastor Neil is one of those pastors that began to teach me about discipleship a long, long time ago. And it was one of those things that was placed in my heart. And it was one of them things that the Holy Spirit has used over the years to keep drawing me and to keep teaching me and to keep going, literally. So, Pastor Neil, thank you so much for joining us. And what we want to do today is we want to talk about specifically, of course, we're into evangelism and discipleship, but specifically today, I want to subtitle our episode, Lifestyle Discipleship. So again, we've been talking about lifestyle evangelism for weeks, but today, what does it look like to actually live a life of discipleship? And Pastor Neil, I'm going to toss it over to you because You kind of taught me about this initially, so a lot of what I've learned came from you anyway, and I just am so thankful that you're willing to share this with our listening audience. The first thought I have is, is I accepted Christ when I was eight years old and grew up in a church, and until I was 42, I don't really remember hearing the word discipleship mentioned. I heard people say, go make disciples, but nobody ever explained to me how that works. When I was 42, I learned that people do not have a discipleship lifestyle. It's just not there. I met a a man who taught me about discipleship at that time. His name was Mike Nygren. He still does discipleship. And he taught me what I know about discipleship and then the Holy Spirit and people that I disciple have taught me the rest. And I'm continuing to learn about discipleship, not only every day, but with every conversation I have with the person, people that I disciple, people that I mentor. And even more importantly than that is that I learn each day from people that mentor me. I'm probably not considered a spring chicken. I'll be 76 next. And I still have people who mentor me. And many of them are younger than me. There is no such thing as as getting too old to be discipled. And there's no such thing as as being too old to disciple other people. The Bible is clear that God's no respecter of time. A day is like a thousand years. A thousand years is like a day. So I don't believe that discipleship is time-bound in any way, shape, or form. It's totally cross-generational. And I didn't really learn that until I started listening closely to 
to younger people that I disciple. And my idea of discipleship is be in relationship with people, lead them, be a good leader, and also be a good follower. And then people disciple each other. It's not a one-way street. I mean, we're not Jesus. Jesus discipled people, and that was because he knew everything. We don't know everything, and we never will. And we can gain great insight. The Bible says there's wisdom in an abundance of counselors. It doesn't put an age on that. Not that I know of. But we just assume that because somebody is older, that they're wiser and smarter. I've learned as I've gotten older that we need to be even smarter than smart. In this culture, we need to be street smart. And you can't learn that anyway other than being in connection with people that are on the street. If you're a pastor or if you're a church leader and you think you can just sit in church and, and then disciple people in the Sunday school room and never get out into the world, I haven't seen that work for anybody. So it's really important to, to be in the world, but not of the world. Amen. We need to be out there where heartbeats are happening and where heartache is happening because there's a lot of it. But we can't live in a, a glass house and just think that everything's going to be fine. We have to, we have to become a part of culture. We have to become a part of society. That's what Jesus did. He was always out there among them. And that's what we need to be. And in that process, then you'll develop different levels of relationship with people. And that's all about building trust. And discipleship is uh, not something that's easy to do. It takes a lot of commitment. And you have to care more about other people than you care about yourself. And you have to be a good listener. And naturally, you don't have to do any of those things. But I believe if you have a discipleship lifestyle going on within you, the Torah spirit will lead you in that realm. And then we have a heart that glorifies God through that process. So, Pastor Neil, let's pause for just a second, because I want to ask like a really practical question that listeners might be thinking about in this this whole concept, because everything you're saying is absolutely correct, Neil, it, because I've seen it. <laughs> I've experienced it myself. All that you're saying is true. But here's what I sense a listener sitting there asking themselves, like, okay, give me a practical side of that, Neil. Like, how intentional are you? Because when you're talking about a lifestyle, you're talking about something that you do every day or try to do every day. And so how intentional, Neil, are you when you get up? Let's just be honest. You get up out of bed every single day. How intentional do you actually still have to be, Neil, if you're still living a lifestyle of discipleship? Do you find yourself having to be intentional every day to keep living that lifestyle like that? Well, the first thing I do in the morning is pray, always. And now it's just, it's a lifestyle. And it's probably been that way for maybe the past 20 years. Discipleship is more than talking to somebody face-to-face. -face. I spend a lot of discipleship moments through texting and through emailing. 
because it's impossible to get in touch with as many people as I talk to on even a weekly basis. There are some people I talk to weekly, other people every other week, other people once a month, some people every other month that I'll have face-to-face discussions with. A lot of in-between times is texting, phone calls occasionally, but it seems like phone calls aren't real popular anymore, and a lot of emailing. So part of my routine every morning is to check texts and emails that are relative to discipleship and responding when necessary. I think that's so good, Pastor Neil, because that's exactly the answer I was looking for. Not, not that we talked about it ahead of time, but it is reality because I guess I find myself in that same category, Neil. I'm texting and encouraging people and connecting and reconnecting with them all the time. And like you said, there's some that I'm doing that with daily. There's some once a week, once every other week, so forth, like you described. But listen, I think that what we're trying to teach people, we're trying to share is the fact that you can disciple people over the phone, over the text, and that is okay? Absolutely. Amen. Absolutely. A lot of it is responding to a particular need at a time. And then in that realm of a particular need, you have to make sure that you're not working with needy people who will abuse your time. So when I disciple people, I always have expectations and I make sure that there's a challenge and an expectation involved. And, and I actually expect them to fulfill that. And if they don't fulfill that, then I'll be real casual about the next contact. So it's kind of, I'm probably, you could say I'm maybe a little bit performance oriented, but I noticed that Jesus was kind of that way too. He had expectations of people. Yeah. And so, you know, think about that, Pastor Neil, because again, there's going to be some listeners listen to this and they're going to be, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You can be like that because Pastor Neil, like you'll even talk about the danger of a relationship that is starting out as a discipleship relationship, but one that morphs over into a codependent relationship. And that's not necessarily what we're all called to do, Neil. And you've experienced this. I know you have, Neil, because I've heard you talk about this. Would you mind sharing a little bit about that in your experience before? Well, there's two realms. There's one realm of grace, and then there's another realm of enabling. And and the pivot point on that is what we set as our standard. So I decide, based on God's word, where grace ends and enabling begins. And needy people, for example, are always wanting you to compromise your standards. And when you compromise your standard, you move from grace to enabling. And as soon as you enable somebody, you empower them. And it took me a long time to figure that one out. But if you enable somebody, you have just compromised your standards, and now you have given them power. So that's probably the thing you want to watch for. If you notice that somebody has this strange control over you that you can't quite figure out, it's probably because you're enabling them and that you've compromised what you really believe. So that's probably the number one sign. And I believe the Holy Spirit will make you aware of that if you ask. 
what's going on here, Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit's my guide in discipleship. We have to be honest and open and transparent with the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says we have not because we ask not. If something's going on that we don't understand, then it's time to ask the Holy Spirit and ask ourselves the question, have I compromised my standard in this relationship? And if I have, then I'm probably enabling and I've lost control. Not that I want to be in control. I want the Spirit to be in control through me. But if I compromise my standards, then that's like placing sin between me and God. It's the same concept. You have to be very careful that you don't cheapen grace. <laughs> I like that so much, Neil, because I love the practical side of it. And if we're going to be talking about lifestyle discipleship, I want people to know, like, what are the realities of it? Because, of course, even though we've had experiences that are not great, and we've had some experiences that are great, and the temptation is to throw in the towel and stop discipling people, right? When you have a bad experience. But what we have to do is make a decision that discipleship is going to be a lifestyle that we're going to live. And you talked about this, Neil. You said probably for 20 years now. You don't have to really have to be so intentional about it because it's become a habit, it's become a routine. It's become second nature to you because it's become God's nature first, and that nature is working through us. But let's shift for just a second, if we could, over to the scriptures. And uh, Pastor Neil, you and I talked about this briefly in 2 Timothy chapter 2. And of course, Timothy is the Apostle Paul's disciple. I think everybody will agree if you know anything about that relationship. Paul actually calls Timothy his son, and we're looking at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. You, therefore, this is Paul writing to Timothy, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So right here, Paul calls Timothy his son. I want to draw your attention to chapter 2, verse 2, and it says, and the things that you have heard from me from among many witnesses Commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So everybody knows the Apostle Paul as the Apostle. That's the title that most people know of him, right? And you would say he was a great evangelist. You would say he was a great preacher. He was a great writer. He wrote so much of the New Testament. But here is an example where Paul himself is actually doing discipleship. He's talking about it, and he's also discipling and encouraging his disciple to disciple others. So you have any further comment on that scripture piece? Well, you notice he said grace instead of enable. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Grace is a big word. Grace is unmerited favor. So when we disciple people, not that we're that special or anything, but many times we'll be giving people favor that they don't really deserve. That's, but that's what, what Jesus did with people all the time. Right. So that's what we're supposed to do too. He was full of what? Grace and truth. Truth. Amen. And that's critical in discipleship that, that you show people grace without enabling them. And that then you're honest and you're open and you're transparent in that relationship. That's also based on the level of trust they have for you. Yeah. Whether they'll reciprocate being honest, open, and transparent. So you have to build trust. 
as I read, when Jesus collected his disciples, he did things that, that raised their level of trust for him. He didn't talk about it. He did it. <laughs> he displayed yeah. it. And they're like, well, this guy's the real deal. They, they realize that. So that puts the onus on the person who's being the discipler, discipler or the, the mentor to display Christ to people. But we just have to, in the, in the Bible times, when they called people Christians, they were calling them little Christ. Right. And they, they were doing it in a, in a mocking way. Oh, there goes a little Christ. Seriously, that's what we need to be. We need to be Christ to the world. We need to be Christ to people that God puts on our path for us to disciple. And you might say, well, there's nobody out there for me to disciple. Well, that's, that's simply not true. <laughs> right, right. Because they're just friends you haven't met yet. So you make a friend, you be a friend, you lead a friend to Christ, and then you disciple them. That's the process. And I've had disciples outgrow me. They don't need me anymore. And that's just perfect. Yeah. That's, and you praise the Lord for that too, right, yeah. Neil? Those are the ones I hear from twice a year. <laughs> Amen. That's, that's wonderful. And then I can look in their lives and see that they have done for other people what I've done for them. And I really haven't done anything. It's just always Spirit doing things through me. What I've discovered in the discipleship realm is that when I disciple someone, it causes me to believe that this works. And then when that person disciples somebody else, it really causes me to believe that this concept works. So that I disciple someone, they disciple their friend. When they disciple their neighbor, it starts getting exponential. And I just have to be real honest and say that, that I have days that drain me. I have days that make me wonder. Amen. But we need to have things that fill us as well. So we have to make sure we do things that fill us. And the duplication through discipleship, for me, I have found to be the most filling thing. I can't say the most, but one of the most filling things in my life. When I see that duplication process happen, and I see disciples of disciples of disciples that started with the person who discipled me. And it's like, you just look at that picture and say, oh my goodness, this works. And that is lifestyle discipleship. Again, joining me here today is Pastor Neil Whitney. We're talking about discipleship lifestyle. And we're right now in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. What I want to point out here, Neil, this is really cool because you talked about this. What Paul is doing here is he's saying, hey, Timothy, listen, I need you to take these things and I need you to trust them with other men who will also be able to teach others. And I'm a guy who loves context. And so I think this is interesting that it's super obvious and apparent that Paul is talking to Timothy about discipleship here, but it doesn't just stop there because verse three goes on and you're going to say, well, how in the world does this relate to verse two? Verse three says, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Now, did he change topics, Neil, in one verse? Or is that Absolutely. related? Now, that's very related. You're not only going to experience hardships, you're going to experience heartbreak. Yeah, wow. But always remember that God uses broken vessels very well. So, uh, yeah, discipling's 
you wouldn't, I wouldn't put it at the top of my list of the most fun thing I do in life, mm. but I would say it's the most fulfilling thing I do. That's really good. I'll just read verse four to finish that thought. No one entangled in warfare. Isn't it interesting? Is he still talking about discipleship? Yes, he, he, is. he sure is. No one entangled in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Neil, that's what you said. You talked about us personally discipling someone or allowing Christ in us to Amen. disciple other people. Yeah, you have to remember in discipleship that it's not a win or lose situation. It's a win or learn situation. Man, that's good. And here's an interesting thought. I'm going to ask you to stay here with me in 2 Timothy, but I want to pop over just two other chapters. And of course, in my Bible, it's got little subtitles, uh, headings for the different sections. And I think it's interesting that this particular passage of Scripture in 2 Timothy 4, starting in verse 9, is subtitled, The Abandoned Apostle. Okay, this is the Apostle Paul letter to Timothy still, two chapters over, be diligent to come to me quickly. Again, he's writing this letter to Timothy saying, come to me quickly in verse 9. Verse 10, listen to this, for Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world and has departed for Thessalonica, Christians for Galatians, Titus for Dalmatia, only Luke is with me. Now, Pastor Neil, I'll just ask you, would you assume these are all people that the Apostle Paul has discipled? Yes, I would say so. I would After, say so too. In the business world, they teach you that I was in the business world for 42 years. They teach you that in leadership, it's lonely at the top. And discipleship is not being at the top of what the world sees as being the top. But Jesus, in his last statement to the disciples, said, go make disciples. Amen. So disciples, we're commissioned. We're commissioned by the Lord Jesus Christ to make disciples. And uh, that's what we're supposed to be about. It is next to accepting Christ as your Savior and Lord. I believe it's the most important factor of Christianity. Amen. And I think Jesus' lifestyle, which was a discipleship lifestyle, <laughs> right. back that statement up. So picking up at verse 11, and I started it down this path, only Luke is with me. And he's saying to Timothy, get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for ministry. Interestingly enough, the beginning in verse 9, Paul is telling Timothy, be diligent and come to me quickly. Luke is with me, but by the way, on your way, grab Mark because he's with you. And he's useful for me for ministry. These are obviously people he's in relationship with. Like you said, Neil, in the beginning of this friendship, they're friends of his. He's leading them. The relationship is in leadership because he's the apostle Paul. And then that is discipleship. Is it safe to say, Pastor Neil, he's in different stages of relationship with each of these people named in this, this couple verses? I'd say that's true. Also, remember, he's in a war, and he needs warriors. And Amen. when you need warriors, they're, sometimes they're lieutenants, sometimes they're colonels, sometimes they're sergeants, sometimes they're foot soldiers. 
none of them are bad. They're all good. That's so awesome. He called those people for a specific reason based on what was happening at the time. Yeah, because there may be someone listening to the program today, Pastor Neil, and they may say, they may be thinking about people that they've been in relationship before with. And they're like, man, I wonder where those people are. But we are, you and I are, all of us are still in that war, that same war that Paul's in, right? The same exact war. And I just want people to take heart, not lose heart, but take hope in that this is exactly what he said in, in chapter two there. You must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. I don't think that Paul would be telling Timothy that if he didn't experience it already himself. I believe that's true. When the Bible says the harvest is plentiful and the labors are few, I believe that also is referring to discipleship, not just evangelism. Amen. Me too. That's All part of the process. And we talked earlier in a few different episodes how I kind of called them like first cousins, like they're inseparable evangelism and discipleship. Like they're not two separate things. They're, they're so related that they're like first cousins. I would agree with that. Totally. It's a natural progression from one to the other. And if that progression doesn't happen, then it's like uh, sending lambs out among wolves. So good. Also, yeah, we could go on and on, right, Pastor Neil, with this. But what I really want people to take away today, I guess our prayer for the program for the episode today is in this discipleship lifestyle that Jesus has called us all to, there is no doubt. And I love some of the practical things, Pastor Neil, and I think People are going to be maybe a little shocked at first when they heard us say this today, but it's reality. It's by experience, and it's really no different than what we've seen the Apostle Paul experienced himself as he was trying to teach Timothy to become a disciple maker as well, to live that lifestyle of discipleship. And so what we pray to take away today is that God's called us to it, that he is going to equip us to do it, and that we're going to endure hardship while we're doing it because we're entangled in a war. War not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. But nevertheless, we will stay with the victor and we will see the victory in Christ. And as Pastor Neil shared, and I'm going to wrap up with this today, Pastor Neil, you said it so well. You articulated the fact that what brings great pleasure is the seeing the fulfillment of a disciple that we've been connected to turn around and disciple someone else. So Pastor Neil, I'm going to ask for this wrap up, because this is one of the things you taught me years and years ago, that a disciple of Jesus Christ should be being discipled and should also be discipling someone else. And then finish that for us, Neil. And someone who is that person is discipling someone else. That's exactly. You can't be a disciple if you're not being discipled. It's it's not something that can be learned. It's you you can't learn it out of a book. It's an experience. It's experiential learning. So the first thing, if you want to get involved in discipleship, is you should pray for God to bring somebody into your life that can disciple you. And that person's probably already there. You just haven't talked to them. Yeah. So ask the question, right, Neil? So when we pray, ask the Lord who that is, 
and he might just reveal someone that's already doing it. And so turn around. I think what I hear you saying is turn around and ask them, just ask them, Hey, will you continue discipling me? And I will make the commitment to carry that on or pass that on. When Jesus said, go make disciples, it started with go. Mm. <laughs> That's so critical. That's true. You don't do it at home for the most part. You need to get out in the world. You need to, you need to go. So go. Amen. Go make disciples. Thanks again, guys, for tuning in and listening to this week's Time to Revive. And join us again next week. We're going to have another special guest where we'll continue to unpack this thing called discipleship. Have a great day.